Bilbo and the dwarves discover that some mushrooms in Middle-earth are dangerous to their health as they attempt to pass through the forest of Mirkwood. Today we compare Peter Jackson's on-screen adaptation of the chapter Flies and Spiders from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Now, let's wander. You can be the hero of your own Marvel Comics adventure. Marvel Strike Force is an extraordinary mobile game, a haven for comic book enthusiasts and gamers alike. Lead your own fellowship of heroes and villains to battle against the forces of darkness that threaten the very fabric of the universe. From the menacing Doctor Doom to the formidable Apocalypse, every battle is a chance to prove your mettle. And right now, Marvel Strike Force is commemorating its six-year anniversary. That means free rewards await those who heed the call and sign up today. With weekly events and bonuses, this anniversary celebration promises a treasure trove of special rewards. Rally your allies, sharpen your blades, and dive into the action of Marvel Strike Force today. Use code MAXPOOL to unlock free new treasures. That's code MAXPOOL, all one word, on the mobile game Marvel Strike Force. Now, back to wandering. Flies and Spiders begins about 30 minutes into the extended edition of The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, with the dwarves entering Workwood Forest. It ends about 15 minutes later when Legolas makes a mighty entry. Let's look at some of the major adaptation choices. The most obvious and trippy one is that Bilbo and the dwarves seem to be drugged by the stuffiness and enchantment of the forest. Bilbo is seeing double, their speech is slurred, they're getting cranky with each other. Not to mention all the funky looking mushrooms surrounding them. We do see some of the insects that get mentioned in the book. At one point, grey fluttery things fall from above, and as Bilbo climbs the tree, several butterflies are distributed. And if you look closely, there's early hints of cobwebs, mostly in the corners. More on that in a second. The film also provides plenty of sounds to match this line from the chapter, quote, There were queer noises too, grunts, scufflings, and hurryings. For an adaptation, I think these choices make a lot of sense. The chapter describes their feelings of suffocation and anxiety. The dwarves are often upset with each other and point the finger of blame often. One scary piece that I feel is missing is all of the scary eyes when the party camps at night. Seeing the bulbous eyes that Bilbo thought were too large for an insect would have been a pretty chilling scene, I think. The next major difference is the crossing of the river. For this scene, there's not a boat for the dwarves to hook and then to ferry themselves across. Instead, they use vines and tree overgrowth that expand over the river. Crossing over vines is certainly more fun to watch. It adds to the tension, and Bilbo has some comedic relief as he crosses. A white stag appears, and Thorin's arrow misses it. I think it was included because Bilbo says that shooting at such an animal is bad luck, but as I mentioned in the last episode, the stag is actually a device to provide a subtle introduction to the wood elves. Since there's no hunting party here in the movie, not sure why they felt the need to include the stag. And then Bomber falls into the shallow, enchanted water, and the rest are forced to carry him. The drug-induced state is the cause for Thorin leading the dwarves away from the path, rather than seeing a fire in the distance. So the whole series of stepping into the light of the fire and the wood elves disappearing is nowhere found here. Perhaps the filmmakers thought that disappearing elves would have needed more of an explanation, or perhaps the story adapted to the screen better to simply move to the giant spiders. 
Bilbo twangs the webs, sending shockwaves throughout the whole web network. He climbs a tree and feels the cleansing that comes from the sun's light and fresh air. Unlike the book, Film Bilbo can actually see the end of the forest, complete with a river, lake, and the lonely mountain. That does well to set up the geography for the rest of the film. We get some clue as to where the characters will soon be traveling. But as Bilbo comes down, he is trapped in a spider's web, wrapped up and dragged back to the spider's lair, where the dwarves have also been captured. Bilbo is able to kill the spider suddenly, all on his own. However, this first spider kill isn't quite as character building for film Bilbo. I think because we've seen already in these movies that Bilbo has defended himself before, from orcs and wolves and even golem. This spider killing doesn't make that much of a difference for film Bilbo. However, there's another spider kill in a few minutes that is much more impactful for film Bilbo. We'll get to that in just a moment. Now, in both book and movie, as Bilbo wears the ring, he is able to better understand the language of the spiders. But I'm reminded of this curious line from the Two Towers book. When Sam puts on the One Ring, after Frodo has been poisoned by Shelob, Sam suddenly realizes that he can understand what the orcs are saying. Quote, Perhaps the ring gave understanding of tongues, or simply understanding, especially of the servants of Sauron its maker. Interesting that Tolkien, a man who could speak and understand many languages, and even invented many of his own languages, interesting that he would ascribe to the ring the possible power of an understanding of languages. Bilbo is able to know what the spider's plan is, though the film spiders are less linguistically sophisticated than their book counterparts. Battle breaks out between the spiders and dwarves, and at one point Bilbo actually loses the ring. He tries to find it, but a ground spider emerges from underground. Though this spider doesn't actually seem to make a claim for the golden ring, Bilbo goes into berserk mode. He slashes and stabs with an ugly kind of vengeance before finally defeating the spider. Then he reclaims the ring for himself, and almost like a toddler taking a toy away from another child, he calls the ring, quote, mine. This is the spider killing that I think represents more from that particular line in the chapter. But not quite. The line is this, quote, Somehow the killing of a giant spider all alone by himself in the dark, without the help of the wizard or the dwarves or of anyone else, made a great difference to Mr. Baggins. In the book, this is the moment where Bilbo's courage is tested to the limit. Can he save himself when his life is on the line and no one is around to help him? And do you remember that thesis statement from the book, what the narrator claimed the book was all about way back in chapter 1? Quote, This is a story of how a Baggins had an adventure, and found himself doing and saying things altogether unexpected. When Bilbo killed the giant spider on his own, that was an unexpected event, in the book at least. It's a lot less unexpected in the film. Nevertheless, film Bilbo is half afraid of what he's done, and half disgusted. It's almost as if he doesn't believe that he could have gone berserk on a spider, and he also seems to start connecting those feelings of jealousy and anger with his possession of the ring. The elves arrive in glorious fashion and finish off the last of the spiders, and this chapter screen adaptation is done. Next time, we will explore how Bilbo became a burglar for the first time as we wander chapter 9 of The Hobbit, Barrels Out of Bond. Thanks for wandering Middle-earth with me today.
My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. <laughs>